Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. Welcome to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is podcast number four. And uh, as you can tell, the audio sounds a little bit different. That's because I'm in my truck, which is where I spend a lot of my time uh, traveling around, especially right here. It's uh, Halloween day. I've got to run several errands and get some stuff picked up before I head to Oklahoma on Thursday. But this podcast, we are going to talk about the question that I get uh, probably second or third most often, and that's, you know, which shows make money? Um, and that's a very easy question to answer. And the easiest way I've found that out or found to tell people is there's one easy way to tell if a show's making money. When you're watching the show and their commercials come on, if they are in their own commercials or you see their face on products or their logo, their show logo on products, that show's making money. They're making a living producing the show. They're not making money. They're not making money hunting. They're making money creating content, selling sponsor slots, and making a TV show. Essentially, providing a service for those sponsors. That's the easiest way to tell if a show is making money. Now, I know that's a very quick and dirty way of answering that question. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and I'm going to talk about the different types of hunting shows and I'm going to explain each one of them and basically there's five different types of hunting shows the number one type of hunting show that you know most people watch is the for-profit hunting show that's your Lee and Tiffany's your Drury's uh, your bone collectors the top tier shows those are for-profit shows for the most part but when I mean for-profit Those shows sell sponsorships, sell endorsements, and they make money. They make good money. But if you're one of those guys out there that says, well, if I had the property Lee and Tiff have, or I got to hunt the places that Waddell gets to hunt, or all those, you know, lazy excuses, you know, those guys, especially, I can't, I mean, I can't speak for all of them, but I'm I'm assuming this is the case for all of them. I can definitely speak for Lee and Tiffany when I say those are two of the hardest working people out there. They never stop, they never sleep, and there's no one obsessed with whitetails and hunting more than Lee Lukoski. It's it's almost borderline institutionalized obsession with whitetails. But in order to do what he's done in this industry, you just about have to be that way. And Tiffany is, she's the glue that holds it all together because she is all the time making sure everything's ready, making sure everything's picked up. She's always making sure that things are going off without a hitch. She is always out of the bed and ready to go hunting. She's always getting ready. Whether or not you know she's burnt out by the end of the season or not, she's out there because it's, it's her job and she understands that. And she is incredible at it. She is an incredible personality and even more incredible person. But if you ever met her mother, you would know why she's so awesome. But... That is, that is a for-profit show, and those shows make good money, but they work their butt off. Do not make any mistake about it. Then there's the corporate shows, the Swarovski Optics Quest, the L.L. Bean Guide to the Outdoors, that have huge brands 
that pretty much essentially create a show for brand awareness. It's kind of the same thing as which our next category, which is a brand show. These two kind of go hand in hand. These are your real trees, your primoses, your mossy oak shows. And these shows aren't necessarily there to make money. They're there to sell sponsorships, essentially to cover their production costs and maybe their hunt costs. But the whole point of that show is to support the brand and create brand awareness. Now, they're not corporate, you know, huge uh, names like the Swarovskis and the L.L. Beans. You know, they're, you know, they're definitely more hunting specific. But, you know, that's, that's the whole point of those shows is to create awareness for their brands, their new camouflage patterns, their new calls, you know, whatever it is. They're not essentially there like the for-profit shows just to make money and to sell, pro- you know, to sell their self. They're there to sell product and to move product and to sell licenses. The fourth type of show is your pro staff show. A pro staff show is like, uh, you know, dream season. Um, you know, uh, you've got like a show like a trained assassins. It's got several, several hosts. You know, they wouldn't be considered pro staff, but I, I, I put those in the category. Anytime you see a show that has a lot of pro staff that comes on and does hunts, Midwest Whitetail, that type of thing. And the reason for that is creating enough content to fill 13 shows, or in the case of a, you know, a 26-week show, 20, 20 shows. Most shows are 13 a season. Some are 20. Some are even 26. But in order to fill 13 episodes with 22 minutes of content with relevant good hunting content, a lot of times you've got to have pro staff because you don't have the budget for one person to hunt and dedicate the time, or even two people to hunt and dedicate the time to fill those, you know, fill all that content. So a lot of times though that duty falls upon a pro staff. And those shows have done really well over the years. I mean, I've essentially juries, the juries paved the way for the pro staff show. They uh, essentially made it a science. Now Midwest Whitetail has pretty much taken that torch and they're they're killing it with uh, their web platform and you know their TV show as well. Um, and then the last show, and this is the one that uh, kit, that gets catches the most flack, but I can't blame these guys either, is usually the rich guy that needs a tax write-off. You know, he makes a lot of money, he loves to hunt, and he needs somewhere to essentially have a tax write-off. So what better way to do it than to, you know, pay production costs and pay air times and have write-offs for your business, um, you know, whether that's considered a corporate trip or whatever it is. That's essentially the fifth type of show, and there's quite a few of those as well. I I have no problem with any of them, but there's that, that to me that's the the standout five types of hunting shows out there. They all have their own purpose. They all have their own meaning, and uh, TV shows are like any other business for the most part. You're providing a service, and you have to sell that service better than the next guy. That's that's the gist of what a hunting show is. It's a mar- it's a marketing service. Uh, it's also just like a business that most shows when they're first starting out don't make money or even break even until about the third year. Just like if you were to start a you know a small business, you're probably not going to be profitable the first year or the second year. Usually by the third year, you get it figured out if you can hang on for that long. Because producing a television show costs a lot of money. The average cost of you know, your middle grade to higher end shows, this is for airtime and production, is gonna be anywhere from $250,000 to $500,000 per season. And that's before they've made any money. 
So that's why you see so many shows that have to essentially sell their soul to whatever product or whatever company it is because if they don't, they're not going to get paid and they have to stroke a check to Sportsman's Channel, Outdoor Channel, Pursuit Channel for that airtime. And, you know, whether they produce or not, they still got to pay that money. It's a, you know, it's just like any other bill they have to pay every month. That They got to pay that airtime cost. And you hear complaints all the time about shows, be, you know, they're becoming infomercials. All they are, you know, all they're doing is trying to sell me something. All they're doing is trying to sell me something. Well, look around you. Everyone, everyone, everywhere, whether you're on your phone, whether you're on the internet, they're trying to sell you something. It's just, like I said, it's another marketing service. It's another medium in order to try and sell products and services to the consumer, which is the viewer. Some shows do it a lot better than others. Some shows do it very tactfully. And a lot of the times, the ones that do it very tactfully have companies that understand the concept of marketing. Perception is reality. Go out there and create some really cool content, associate my product with it, and that will sell it inherently. And then you have a lot of companies in the outdoor space that are still in the stone ages, and they want those hard sales. They want to make sure you say certain words. They want to make sure they see the product in the logo for a certain amount of time you're in the show. And, you know, I see the, I see the reasoning behind it, but that isn't how, in my opinion, that's not how you market to people anymore, is you create awesome content and then associate a name with it. Do what Yeti's doing. Matthews does a really good job. Those type companies that don't have to stick a product in your face, they just create really cool content that people want to relate to. And that's the, that's the best form of marketing. And they, you know, essentially the simplest is you've got to be creative and you've got to sell an idea. You don't sell a product, you sell an idea. Most of the time, and I just talked about this a little bit, outdoor marketing and outdoor TV shows, outdoor content, for the most part is usually five to ten years behind what's mainstream. The reason for that is, is who they're marketing to, the demographic in the hunting world. It's getting younger but a lot of the people that are spending money are 45 years and older. And 45 year olds and older generally aren't as tech savvy, generally aren't as, you know, on social media as much, generally aren't on websites as much. They consume their information from television and they have to be told this, that, and the other product features and all the things they don't, they're not gonna go out and actually do the research themselves. So you've got to remember that when you're watching a show is a lot of times, especially if you're a young guy, you know, in your 20s or 30s, generally a lot of this marketing is developed by a marketing person who's selling to somebody who's probably spending more money than you are because let's, let's be honest, when you're in your 20s and 30s, there's not a whole lot of extra money laying around. But with that being said, most 20 and 30 year old guys that I know would spend their last dollar to get that new bow or that new product because that's, you know, that's their life is the hunting thing. So just keep that in mind when you're, you know, when you're watching a show. But you know, these most of the time these shows don't have a choice and the demographic that they're selling to. Most shows are struggling to break to make money or to break even. Most shows are. There are 700 over 700 network television shows, hunting shows between the three the three major channels: Sportsman Channel, Outdoor Channel, and Pursuit Channel. Most of those shows are circling the drain. They're struggling to keep their head above water, to pay their bills, to pay their hunts, to pay their production costs. Most of them are cutting costs any way they can, whether that's self-filming, whether that's editing it themselves, whether that's you know hiring 
a hundred dollar a day kid to go film the hunt versus you know hiring a, a good freelancer to go and produce it just because they don't they don't have the money they're trying to survive and fulfill this dream that they've always had some shows goals are just to get their hunts paid for and in my opinion that is a very good goal to have if your goal going into creating a hunting show is I want to cover my costs on airtime and get my hunts paid for I'm going to continue working my you know nine to five job or whatever that job is that you have that allows you to to do that that is a great goal and if and that's also a very hard goal to attain in this business is just to get your hunts paid for because you know we all know how much hunting trips cost and how much gear costs if you could just cut those costs out and keep working would that be okay with you it it would be okay with me you know that's that's the way that a lot of shows look at it like man if i can just if i can just take this cost associated with hunting out and have a show and that be the the reason you know the rhyme for the reason I'm all about that, and I think that's a great goal to have. Uh, at the end of the day, there is a very small percentage of shows that are making good living. Out of those 700, I would say there's probably, I would say less than 100 of them that are making a good living. And, and you know, and, and making a good living is relative. You know, a lot of guys, if they make $35,000 a year and they have all their hunt costs covered, that's making a good living to them. You know, so that's a relative term, but I would say ones that you would consider making really good money, there's probably 50 or less. That is why, and that's the reason why, you see uh, a lot of shows go by the wayside. You know, you see them come and go, you see a, you know, a cool show come up, and uh, it lasts for about a year or two, and it goes away. You know, if there's not something unique about it, if they don't get the right products behind it, if they don't get the right sponsors behind it, the right production behind it, it's hard to keep those things afloat. Usually, like I said, they're, you know, they're one or two years and they can't hold on anymore. Usually if a show makes it past three or four years, it can have some staying power. And you've, you've seen that, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago was the golden age of television. That's when Lee and Tiffany came out. That's when Road Trips came out. That's when all those shows that are still around first came out. And they're still killing it. They're still making, they're probably taking the majority of the sponsor dollars. Those, you know, those shows are probably still taking the majority of the sponsor dollars away from the rest of the 650 shows because they've been around, they've established themselves and they've done a good job and they've worked their butt off. But like I said, that's, that's how you do it is, you know, you know, anybody out there could be Lee and Tiffany if you're willing to sacrifice and work like they did. Very few people are willing to do what they, those guys did to get where they're at. If you want to show, set a goal. If it's to get your hunts paid for, go for it. If you want to make money, by all means, go for it and try it. Number one, number one piece of advice is make sure before you start a show, it is unique and it has a different, something different about it, some sort of niche that you're going to fill that no one else is doing. If you come out with a show and you say, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to show some down home boys that, you know, or down to earth and work nine to five still, but you know, want to get out there and get it done. And you know, I want to film it and make a show out of it. Well, guess what, buddy? 99% of shows, that's their, that's their sales pitch. That's been done 10,000 times. If you don't have something unique, if you don't have something that is truly different, I mean, very different, which this day and age is going to be very hard to find because so many things have been done. And a lot of times, 
the difference is just the personality. You have a personality that nobody can replicate. You have a person that no one can replicate. You have a hunting property or a hunting method that nobody can replicate easily. That's, that's, that's the ticket to creating cool content. That's why people love you know Tim Wells. He does things a little bit differently than everybody else. That's why people love or hate Pigman because his personality. He's not gonna he's not gonna sugarcoat anything. He's gonna tell it like it is, love him or hate him. And that's why I love Pigman because he doesn't care. He really truly doesn't care. He's out there to have a good time, put it all out there, and create cool content. And that's why he's done so well. Um, you know, I was gonna talk about real quickly the shows that that I watch, you know, the shows that I enjoy is, you know, one of them that's been there from the beginning is Heartland Bowhunter. I just love it because of the, you know, the film aspect, their eyes, you know, they, they do a pretty good job storytelling. They're very relatable guys. Everybody kind of knows someone like that in their life that's just, a, you know, like I said earlier, they were the first ones to really do the, you know, the down home real people. You know, they're not they don't have that celebrity feel and I know Mike and uh, Sean fairly well I know Mike better than I do Sean but those two guys are some of the most awesome humans I've ever met obviously obviously I am uh, biased towards shows that I worked on like the Lee and Tiffany's and the Habits and uh, Mossy Oak Gamekeepers of the World because you know I've helped produce some of those shows you know the Habit was my baby for three years you know the Gamekeepers for the first season was you know was partially my baby um, a parcel of those shows. I think The Habit, I still think The Habit is one of the best, if not the best show out there for many different reasons because they have three hosts that work together so well. They all have their individual personalities. I still think Chuck Belmore is one of the best personalities and it comes through on camera better than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, John has really come into his own on television and being able to be himself. You know, John used to be really, really quiet and you see him on TV, and he doesn't talk a whole lot because it's hard to get a word in edgewise with Chuck, but when he does talk, John is always funny, he's always relevant, and he's always he's always got something good to say. JP is definitely the killer of the bunch. He is, very few things come in front of JP and leave without a hole in them. He is, uh, he's an incredible hunter, and he loves to hunt more than the kid loves to eat. That dude, flat, loves to hunt. And that is what I, that's what I like the most about him. And he is just all about having a good time with his buddies. He truly wants to go and have a good time. And he has been on some hunts that you would never think JP would go on just so he can come and hang out with his friends. Because that's what's most important to him is having a good time and being with his buddies. Uh, another show and personality that I, that I watch and enjoy a lot of the times is I, I watch Headhunter some. Uh, I enjoy Nate Hosey. Uh, uh, Birdsong's been around for a long time. I enjoy watching those guys, and they kill some stuff, you know, and it's always solid footage, always solid kills. You know, uh, it's always been one that I enjoy watching. Uh, Steve Rinella's show, Meat Eater, just the production and how, how good of a host he is. He's so well-educated. He's so well-spoken, and I learned so much from that show. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch, and essentially I watch that show to learn. I watch that show to learn and see what that production company's doing, how they're shooting things, how they're producing segments, uh, how Steve hosts the show. He's he's just so good at it. Uh, I love watching Pigman just because people love to hate Pigman, so I love to watch that show. 
Um, trying to think of the other shows that I have on my DVR. Uh, that's all that's coming to me at the moment. But those are, and the reason I watch those shows is because I always, you know, I always want to keep up with what's going on currently in the industry. I always want to make sure that I'm not missing out on something. I'm not, you know, somebody's doing something I'm not doing, and I got to figure out how they're doing it, and I got to do it better. All that good stuff. But uh, you know, that's that's just kind of the long answer to what shows are making money and how they're making money. Essentially, the way they're making money is they're doing it better than everybody else, and they got in at a time. A lot of times, some of them got in at a time where it was a little bit easier, but the ones that are coming out now that have staying power and that are still making the money work harder than you do. You know, if you have a TV show, they are going to outwork you. They're going to outperform you. They are always creating content for their sponsors and their, you know, and their partners, whether that's on camera or off camera. They're doing appearances. They're showing up at trade shows. They're selling products. They're creating codes. They're taking pictures, they are constantly mindful of what is going to help move product for their partners. And they do it in the best way they know how. They're creative. They have good productions behind them. They don't skimp on things like that because when you skimp on production, people notice whether they know what good production is or not. They know two shows side by side that the same thing. They're going to like the one that's got better production just because it looks better and it's produced better. And that host, you know, his conversations are put together better. He's uh, he sets things up. He gives you information. You know, whatever the case may be, good production always trumps bad production. Whether the kills, if the kills are the same, good production always trumps bad production. But um, hope you learned something from that. Uh, that's just a lot of that's my two cents. That's what I observed watching shows and knowing kind of the back end of how they run and how they work. Uh, If you enjoyed this, I hope that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, and TuneIn and SoundCloud. If you have any questions, you can email us at rednecktechpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we will see you shortly.